International headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area. This is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. It's a joy to welcome you today on this Thursday. We're delighted to have you with us and trust that our time together will be a sweet, special, wonderful, encouraging time for you today. Now, I'm going to do something a little different today. Uh, While I'm away from the studio, I'm going to share a portion of a message that I preached in a live service sometime recently, and I think it'll be a help to you. It's built off of Psalm 142 and verse number 4. That verse simply has the phrase in it, no man cared for my soul. And I believe as you listen to this message today, it will be a help, it'll be an encouragement, and it will tell you some things that'll be a great help to you. So we're going to listen to a portion of it, and I'll have a little bit more of it tomorrow, and then I'll be back at the end of the message today to say just a thing or two. So stay with me these next few minutes, and we'll enjoy this message entitled, No Man Cared for My Soul. I want to get you to turn to two places. The first one is Psalm 142. And then we'll go to the New Testament, to Romans chapter 10. In Psalm 142, and I'll read just a little portion of it, verses 3, 4, and 5. This is set at a time in the life of the great king of Israel, David the king, sometimes called the sweet singer of Israel, the writer of most of these psalms. But it was at a time of great difficulty in his life. And I won't go into a lot of detail about that, but I want you to see where he was, how he felt, and see if it doesn't fit. Verse 3 says, When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. I've had, and you've probably had times in your life, when you felt overwhelmed by one thing or another. And there may have been times when You didn't know whether anybody else was paying attention or not. I hear people say pretty often, nobody understands me. Nobody can imagine what it is I'm going through. Very honestly, it's kind of like, you know, when you're going to have surgery. If you're having it, it's minor surgery. If I'm having it, it's major. (laughs) You know, it's true. Sometimes you're into something, something is overwhelming you, And we may all smile and shake your hand and pat you on the back and say a prayer for you. But it's true, we don't quite understand when it's your pain, your hurt, your heartache. We try, but we we probably don't feel as much as what you feel. He said, "I, I was overwhelmed, but then I knew that God knew my path. So there is somebody who does understand. There is somebody who is able to see what we see and feel what we feel. In the way, he says, wherein I walked, have they privately laid a snare for me. Very honestly, the devil and a lot of his minions are busily engaged in laying snares for all of us. And sometimes we get our foot in the trap and it hurts and we're looking for help. And he said in verse 4, I looked on my right hand and beheld but there was no man that would know me. You know, you can get in trouble, get in difficulty, and all at once, even some of your friends have forgotten how to pronounce your name. And he said, no man would know me, refuge fail me, no man cared for my soul. 
I want to back up to verse 3 and remind you when you think that nobody cares, you remember God knows the path where you're walking. No man may care or may appear to care, but God cares. And he said, I cried, verse 5, unto thee, O Lord, I said, thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. So where I'm living and what I'm doing and whatever hurt and burdens that I carry, I need to understand if it seems that no living person understands or cares or is able to identify with me, there's a God in heaven who is truly God. And He knows my portion. He knows my need, my refuge. He knows the path whereon my feet are walking. Now if you look at the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, this begins with the Apostle Paul saying, Brethren, he's talking to Christians. And he says, My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Now here is one man. He is a saved man. He is a God-called servant of God. And he is looking at his nation, looking at his homeland, looking at his own people. And he is saying about them that he has a burden for them and he has a desire for them. And that desire and that burden and his prayer for them is that they might be saved. In the first passage, one of the great men of Israel said, There is nobody cares one whit what's happening to me. Now then we have another one of the sons of Israel who is looking at his nation and saying, I'm totally consumed with the burden that I have for my nation. And so sometimes the nation doesn't care for the man until there's a man who cares for the nation. And the Apostle Paul is saying, my heart's desire and my prayer. And very honestly, if you can get those two things hooked together, you're headed right. Uh, sometimes people don't have the care, so they never pray. But when you begin to care for somebody enough that you pray for them, then you may begin to make some progress with them. And he said, My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Even in today's religious world, that word saved is not pronounced a lot, much less understood much. We have a lot of Christian environments in America where that word would never be articulated. It would never be spoken because it is a lost concept with some folks. Uh, yet the Apostle Paul said what Israel needs most is to be saved. We use the word all the time. Uh, just the other day, you may have seen the, it made national news. There was a flooded area. Some boys were in a canoe or a small boat in a raging river and they were, you know, out there having uh, fun, I guess, but they got in trouble. And there was a work crew from a jail on the road nearby, and they saw that these boys, I think the boat capsized, and one of them was hanging on to a tree, and three of the inmates in that work crew just bolted to the river. One of them plunged in, swam out in the river, got the kid, brought him back, and one of the others waded out and helped him. You say, well, what was going on? What did those inmates do for those kids? They saved them. They were in imperiled for their life. They were in jeopardy without checking with anybody. They just stepped into the water and did what needed to be done. This whole concept of pulling somebody to safety, rescuing somebody, making the effort to get somebody out of danger. I mean, this is part of our fabric. It is a part of our society. And we use the term all the time in 
this setting, God is saying there is a need for the nation of Israel to have a spiritual salvation. And that spiritual salvation must come one man at a time, one person at a time. And the Lord alone is able to be the refuge and the portion and the source for which that salvation is given. I go on to read in verse 2. For I bear them, that is Israel, record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Interestingly, sometimes we all think we have a want to, but it's not according to knowledge. Someone says, I'm going to straighten up my life. And when I get my life straightened up, I'll come to church. Now, all of that sounds good, but it's not according to knowledge. Someone says, well, you know, I got baptized when I was a baby, and so I think I'm all right. That's interesting, but it's not according to knowledge. Well, well you know, I, I joined a church, and, I, and I'm a member of a church. I, I, have, I have membership in a church. And because I'm a member of a church, I think I'm okay. Now, that's interesting, but it's not according to knowledge. You say, what are you saying here? It's, it's just not true. If it's not according to knowledge, then it's not based on the truth. And if we don't get the truth about these things, we don't wind up as we would expect to. You know, sometimes we get directions, and the directions don't get you where you think you ought to be. I mean, sometimes out of the sincerity of our hearts, we give out wrong information, and people are floating their life. I mean, they're building their life many times on things that are not that are not solid, they're not according to knowledge. You know, you go to the medicine cabinet, you got a headache. And I don't know whether your medicine cabinet is like ours or not, but you open it up and there's leftover pills from five years ago. And this one and that one and another one of some kind or another. You got a headache, you need an aspirin. You walk up there, well, what's in that bottle? It doesn't matter, just give me something. That doesn't work. Some of those pills will help your blood pressure, but they may not help your headache. Not according to knowledge. And when it comes to the issues of eternity, the issues that separate heaven from hell, the issues that make the difference in life and death, the issues that make the difference about where you will spend all of eternity, that choice, that decision, that reality needs to be based on real knowledge, the truth, as God has given it. Verse 3 says, When they do not have that knowledge, they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. You know what happens when we don't know God's truth? We usually make up something to make do for ourselves. Or sometimes somebody saw something and they said, well, I don't like the way God did that. We're going to redo it. So they wind up making up stuff and doing it that way because it pleases them. I had a conversation with someone just yesterday on the phone and the person said, well, there's, there's just a lot of hypocrites in the church. And I said, absolutely. In fact, you may be surprised, but I said to them, where I'm going to be in the morning, I said, I hope they fill the place up with hypocrites. 
You say, are you serious? I am totally serious. I have spent a lot of my life trying to help folks who are trying to run their train somewhere off the track, and I spend my time trying to help them get the train on the track. So call them whatever you want to. If their train is off the track, put them in front of me. Put them in front of Pastor Walsh. We're going to get up, open the Bible. We're going to try to help them get the train on the track. You know, the only thing we'd have to do to ruin a perfect church is let you join it. Amen? <laughs> or let me and my wife join it. That'd mess it up. Whenever we set aside the truth of God. Well, we'll interrupt the message right there, but let me just extend the invitation to you. If you have not trusted Christ as your Savior, listen, somebody does care for you. The Lord cares for you, and we care, and a lot of Christians care. And I think if you've not trusted the Lord, today would be a real good time for you to do that. Would you right where you are, just bow your head if you can do that and say, Dear Lord, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. I know that I need to be saved. I do believe that Jesus died on the cross and arose from the grave and paid my sin debt. He purchased my salvation for me, and I'm going to trust him right now to become my Savior. Put my faith in him. And I want you to forgive me and save me and reserve a place for me in heaven when I die. And ask all of that in Jesus' name. Amen. Dear friend, if you've prayed with me, if you meant that, write me a note and let me know. And for those of you who hear the broadcast and are being blessed by it, write me today. Let me know that you're hearing on this station, and I will be so pleased to hear from you. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. And also, remember, I'll send you a sample copy of our Sword of the Lord newspaper. Same address, just write me a note, and we'll get it out to you right away. So we look forward to seeing you back here again on Monday. Do join me then. Until that time, have a great weekend and a great rest of this day. Goodbye for now.